guys. Welcome to the very first episode of the Lambert Lovebirds podcast. We're so glad you're here. I'm Rob. And I'm Andy. And we are the Lambert Lovebirds. That's right. Hey, we're so glad uh, for you guys to join us on this journey as we start this new podcast. Just a couple of things. Uh, make sure that wherever you get your podcasts that you subscribe, it really helps us out. And uh, if you leave us a review there, that would be super, super helpful. And tell a friend about the show. If you find what we're talking about to be helpful or a conversation that we start to be uh, interesting and something you want to pass on, that's super helpful to us and is going to help create some of the community that uh, we hope to create in this in this show. As we've talked about the goal of this podcast, our hope is to have authentic conversations that cultivate a life of loving and leading well. And for us, that becomes more clear as we live in relationship with those around us. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really cool journey, and we're glad that you're here at the start of it. One of the things that we thought that would be really cool sort of for this first introductory episode is kind of to just give you guys a quick overview, um, kind of like a 30,000-foot view of our story and who we are so that uh, we can sort of set the table. You can know you know who these voices are and, and why maybe you should you know be a part of this uh, community that we're going to start. So I love that you slipped in quick. So we have been married for almost 14 years. Is it 14 years this summer? Yes. So for or- over 14 years, and we have that many years <laughs> worth to tell you about. So yes, we will absolutely make it quick. But um, that's just a lot of space. That's a lot of life lived together. Um, but yeah, 14 years. What do you think, Rob? Where should we jump in? How we met? I've always been a big fan of starting at the beginning. Okay. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's probably a wise place to start. And I love the story. I like to tell it because it, it really does give you a quick picture of who Rob is. So we actually met working at a summer camp, um, as summer camp staff. And I was a lifeguard started a couple of weeks early and then Rob came several weeks later and I was friends with this one guy who kept telling me about Rob Lambert and how I would love him and he's so cool and he can't wait to introduce us and so he finally does. Rob shows up and he's fine. My friend Andrew finds me and says, hey, you know, I want you to meet this guy, pulls me over to Rob. Rob turns around. I extend my hand to introduce myself and say, hi, my name is Andy. Rob looks at me and says, so, and turns and walks away. So, S-O. That's that's how you make an impression. You still remember exactly how (laughs) how it got played out. It's good. And I stood there and several seconds later, he just turned around and was like, oh, just kidding. Hey, nice to meet you. But after that, I was like, "Um, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how to respond in this moment. But yes, that was a quick picture of Rob and his wit. Fast forward uh, 13, 13 and a half years and she can't get enough. Of me, well, there you go. So I guess it worked. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it worked. So fellas, if you're looking for a way to catch the ladies, I mean, apparently a little bit of sass. rude. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sass. You, get, you call it rudeness. I just say it's sass. <laughs> yeah. Sassy, a little bit of sass works. Sassy. Uh, yeah, and then we started uh, we started school together the next uh, semester. I was transferring to uh, college that you were starting at your first year, which was really mm-hmm. cool. And uh, I was in a band at the time, and I was a little bit of a misfit. Didn't have a lot of friends, and no, I did not. He was awesome. I did not fit in. No, he felt that you were like the only friend I had. So. I don't. I don't know that that is the truth. <laughs> he always tells. He always says that, and I don't know that I actually believed that of the time. But maybe he just felt that way. But yes, he was a bit of a rock star. He was in a band, lead singer signed band they used to go on you know little tours and all that fun stuff so i was what is it called when you're like 
Well, I, the, I think the technical term would be a groupie, but we don't want there to say go. that. <laughs> oh, is it bad? You were a fan. You're just, you're, was, okay. we're friends and you're a fan. Yeah. That's good. Sure. You had a crush on me. I definitely did. Definitely had a crush on Rob Lambert. Cool. So yeah, after years of being friends and then doing, doing the whole dance of, are we friends? Are we not? About two years in, started dating, married, I mean, dated for about nine months mm-hmm. and then, um, yeah, got married nine months later. So pretty young pretty in love and that was the beginning rob lambert what do you think yeah that was the beginning we we lived in the central valley we lived in fresno california mm-hmm. and i think we lived there for like six like six nine months something like that we were both working jobs and i was working for a power company and you were working for the city yes and i just came surprisingly home. amazing jobs for people in their young 20s yeah very yeah, fortunate we're to doing have well. amazing jobs we we're doing well but uh, i had grown we'd both grown up in the church mm-hmm. and we had both uh just been you know did camps and youth groups and all that stuff and i had been sort of stewing on the idea of like i just think that i'm supposed to be doing something else besides working for a power company mm-hmm. and i came home one afternoon and said i want to do ministry i think we're supposed to be doing ministry yeah, we were nine months married and I was fine, friends. I got to tell you, I was really happy with our life and really loving being married as we were and living as we were with our friends and all of that fun stuff. So as a young, and when I say young, we were married, I think at 20 and 21. So as a young girl, um, newly married, to have her husband come home and just say, I'm not happy with the work that I'm doing and I really feel like I want to go into ministry um, it was a scary thing. I feel like a better woman might have been enthusiastic <laughs> about oh, it. Or, um, I don't know, just approached it with way more like positivity and excitement than I did. And it wasn't, I didn't have a negative tone, but it was just such a shock to me that um, it took a little easing in. But I never once did I say no. Yeah, I so absolutely much. was just like, wow. <laughs> It's so interesting that you say like a better woman would have had a more <laughs> positive reaction because my reaction to you of you was like, okay, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe so, I just hit all the internal process and fear that I had. Well, but, but a, a better woman would have been like, heck yeah. Let's do <laughs> Maybe that, that was, <laughs> maybe that's the, the picture I'm painting myself, but yeah so we did it we actually did something pretty adventurous so like i said we met at a camp and when rob made the decision that he really wanted to pursue full-time ministry obviously in my heart that meant both of us that if he says yes we say yes and that was a life change thing but nothing was on the table we weren't being pursued by churches or anything like that and so we didn't really know where to start and my degree wasn't in ministry um We didn't really know where to start, so we went to the only place that we knew to start. And Rob, you're just gonna have to say exactly what we did because it was pretty risky. Uh, I had a conversation with Andy where I said, I think we need to go back to the camp and we need to head up there for the summer with the understanding and the camp didn't know this and if anybody if anybody from the camp is bob heidebrecht chrissy if you guys are listening um when we uh i said we're going to move up there we're going to be on the temporary summer staff with the understanding that they don't know this yet but by the end of the summer they're going to hire me full-time and we're going to stay and Mm -hmm. so we quit our jobs put stuff in storage got rid of our condo moved up to this camp and lived in a double wide trailer for the summer Mm -hmm. and by the end of the summer 
there was a job offer to stay full time. Yes, there was. Which was and awesome. it, it was really cool. We just prayed a lot. We gave it a thousand percent that summer, showed up, learned the people, the culture, a lot of it we already knew. And we just allowed our hearts to fall in love with it and let God do the rest. So we did do something pretty risky. We got rid of our house on a summer job. Mm-hmm. And three months later, we had plans to stay. And that we did for two years. We did full time. Um, camp ministry together up in the Yosemite area yeah. of California. And disclaimer, I'm not I, I'm not saying that that's a, a great move or no. a wise move for everybody. <laughs> no, certainly yeah. not. You it just follow, to work follow out, the but... Lord, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Don't copy the Lambert. Yeah, for real, for real. Um, but yeah, so we were up there for about two years. And in that time, uh, lots of churches came up. We got job offers. People, um, you know, seeing us as a team, I think, and just saying like, hey, it'd be really cool to have you at our church. Um, one of those was a, a church in Northern California, Twin mm-hmm. Cities, that, yeah. that uh, now looking back, it was a, a long winding road to get there, but, and people that we absolutely love, mm-hmm. mentors of ours, all kinds of things. Um, but initially when they you know, ma- made us a job offer, we, we weren't ready to leave. And it was later, it was like almost two years later that we finally gave it a shot. We moved to Northern California to be on staff at this church, and we ended up being there for almost seven years. Mm-hmm. And just a place, a place that we grew up as people that we grew up, I think, as a couple that we grew up as as believers. Um, just amazing people who put us in a position of giving us ownership of things and believing in us, while also giving us the space to fail and yeah. to fail well and to. Um, do life together well. Like it was a very, very sweet time. A lot of really cool things happened while we were there. Yeah, I agree. I think I always look back at our time at Twin Cities Church um, in Northern California. I think of that as like our our growing up. Like we um, had, as you heard, a pretty adventurous start to ministry. And then we hit the ground running with camp ministry. If anybody has experience there, the pulse is so extreme, but also there's always this mountain type, um, faith and experience with as staff and then also with just campers and such. And so, um, such a great learning ground to really solidify your faith and see God move in big ways. But when you go to church ministry, the pulse is a little different in that the intimacy and community is long-term, which means you don't just see each other for the the happy moments. You walk life together with the hard moments in all moments. And so um, there is no space to run away or to hide when you're doing intimate ministry together for years on end. And so in those years, luckily, um, we were leading under leaders who loved people and loved God well. And like Rob said, they, we failed well, we learned well. And to us, that meant that they um, believed in us. They developed us. Um, they sat with us when we were going through hard times. And when we struggled in ministry or had things we needed to learn, they came alongside of us and helped us do that and didn't give up. And, you know, whenever we did something wrong, rather than just like looking the other way, they would have us face it and walk us through, um, you know, what could have been done better and all of those fun sharpening conversations. And so we had seven years of doing life with the same leaders, the same staff. There wasn't a lot of turnover there. Um, and so it was just a, a great time. And luckily, we were in that space when um, we were walking through not only ministry development, but we had some pretty big personal things happen in our lives. So 
Um, I'll let you kind of launch into just the season personally of of what we got to walk through in in Grass Valley. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to go too deep into it because I think those will be standalone episodes at certain points that will that we can kind of talk through the process and stuff like that. But you know, when we initially got married, we made the commitment. We said, "Hey, we want to be married for seven years before we, you know, try to have kids or something like that, just so we have you know time together and a good foundation." Um, we ended up walking through several years of infertility mm-hmm. um, that was you know pretty pretty challenging and pretty painful. Um, that that community in Northern California was uh, a place where we ended up adopting our first daughter, mm-hmm. and seeing the support and the rally of um, both uh, like just financial, like spiritual, uh, emotional support that came from that community was pretty mind blowing and was pretty awesome. Um, and so walking through infertility, walking through uh, adoption, um, it was it was pretty awesome. Yeah, and just like. Um... I'm just going to touch a little bit on on the intimacy that we had with this church family. I remember um, we weren't open about our, our struggle with infertility for the first couple of years. It was just a personal thing between Rob and I that we were um, helping each other work through. And then after two or three years, once it started to get a lot harder is when we pulled in our church family. And I was super close to our lead pastor's wife. Her name is Kim. And I remember she had newly learned what we were struggling and praying through. They had adopted their first daughter, who at the time was um, in her late teens. So it had been years previous, but she was still a huge advocate for adoption. And at a staff meeting one time, she just kind of surprised me. She's a very intimate woman, and I love this about her. She sees people clearly, and she sits... um, in complete authenticity all of the time (laughs) and so she will always just ask deep personal questions with the expectation of having you um sit in that space with her and for me it was always welcome i loved that and so i remember she approached me at a staff lunch and she held my hands and she looked me in the eye and she was encouraging me and reminding me that she is in deep prayer about me and for me and she said I I am just going to pray for adoption for you, if that's okay with you. Do I have your permission to pray that it, that adoption is a good next step for you? And I said, I mean, I had never thought of adoption before, but as soon as she said that, it was like the light came on in my heart and I knew that's who I am. Like that is my story. That is my child. And I remember getting all teary and just feeling super connected to her and I felt like the piece of my story that I didn't even know was missing just kind of locked into place and I said yes like you do have my permission to pray for adoption I think that's beautiful um and thank you for thinking of that and and so she started that prayer journalized or journey as did we and I didn't actually tell Rob about that until about two months later because I just sat in that with God and thought man and I'm probably going too deep into the adoption story but um, that is just a little bit of picture of of what intimate community could foster, how much healing and this the beginning of new things can come from people just seeing you and loving you well and entering to hard spaces and praying with you and for you. So it was a it was a great start to the healing of infertility and the starting of our family. Yeah, it was one of the uh, when I look back, it was probably one of the most uh, formative sort of seasons and really the one of the best examples that I'm able to look back on and say this is what community should look like and this is what the power of community can do Mm -hmm. um 
really like i mean even now you know years later i think we've been we've been away from northern the from twin cities northern california for about four years Mm -hmm. and still to this day i mean very connected you know uh, you know i have a phone call tomorrow with (laughs) with one of the guys there who has been really 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 instrumental and, and like a mentor to me for sure and so um man the power of of authentic um community is it just cannot be discounted it, it was just such a really, really cool season. So we were there for about six and a half years, almost seven years. Yeah, just under seven. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a buddy there, uh, Rick Henderson, who we worked with for about four and a half of those years. Mm-hmm. And then he made the transition to a church in Utah. Utah of all places. Yeah. I still think that. Yes. Every single time I think of Rick going to Utah, I'm like, Utah of all places. It was, it was, it was interesting. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Andy, one of the things that's really cool about Andy, she is somebody who loves to follow churches, no matter where they are, all over <laughs> the world, all over the country. Like when I was a fangirl for Robin, his band, that's me with churches. <laughs> yeah, for real. So she has like got her finger on the pulse of like what churches are doing in uh, in any season and, you know, she'll be like, oh my gosh, did, have you heard of this pastor or this leader or, you know, so-and-so wrote this book and I'm that's, like, what are you talking about? She's I, like, I am a complete fangirl. She's like, oh, that's the church. associate pastor of blah, blah church in For some real. random town. <laughs> and sometimes I have to like preface with, I know this sounds crazy, but have you heard of such and such? And yeah. they're like, no, of course I don't know that person. It's awesome. So where I am sort of a fount of random, ridiculous <laughs> pop culture movie trivia, she is like leadership, uh, church. church, you know, strategy, all that kind of stuff, uh, uh, knowledge. But so, so Rick makes a transition to this church in Utah and over the next probably three years, three and a half years, mm-hmm. You're you're sort of like following. Oh, I you're watch watching. Them. You're I know seeing the staff, what it is. Yeah. I see their Instagram. I see all the events they're planning and doing, and teachers and yeah, I, I know this church. I yeah. start to know this church. So when you know three and a half years, something like that later, when the phone call comes from Rick that says, "Hey, you know, what do you uh, what do you think about Utah?" Mm-hmm. Um, it was sort of an interesting season that we were in because prior to hearing anything from Rick we had sort of entered into this season of conversations about what was next for us. And, and we cannot like, we cannot stress it enough. Twin cities was a place that we absolutely loved and still do love. Mm -hmm. And we were sort of in this space as young leaders saying like, what is it going to look like for us to continue to grow in leadership and continue to stretch? And I think the, the truth about our time at twin cities is that we could we could have still been there today mm-hmm. and been happy and, and loved it and been still in community. But there was also this sense of like, man, what else, what else do we need to get out there and experience and, and be challenged by and grow mm-hmm. and sharpen as leaders? You know, I feel it was God asking us up. <laughs> like, sure. I think those questions were really cultivating from God. We felt equipped and capable and excited to start something, to lead something, to keep growing. Um, and so it led towards what next God? Like that was the question. What next God? What can we put our fingers on and continue to grow? And so, uh, we get the call from Rick. Hey, what do you think about (laughs) Utah? And luckily, I mean, Andy knew this church. Yeah, luckily she, I said, wow, I do think of Utah. Yeah, for real. Most people would probably be like, I don't think of Utah. She she knew all about it and all that good mm-hmm. stuff. And so, uh, but no, we came out to Utah, we checked it out and uh, the rest is history. Yeah, here we three, are. Here we are. We do ministry. We have for the last three and a half years um, in, in Utah. We started 
um, in worship ministry. I say we because I like to believe I'm a singer and I like to believe I'm in it, but it was most certainly Rob um, was a worship pastor. And then since then, we have grown into several other positions. Mm -hmm. I now am the family ministries and women's director of a campus that Rob is the campus pastor of. Um, So yeah, it's been a beautiful ministry journey and here we sit three and a half years later into a state that we absolutely love. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that that is our ministry journey with a sprinkle of our personal journey with hopefully a big heart revealed of how much we value people and community. Um, and I think that what we've, we've experienced that the, the, the power and the long lasting impact that like the true community and um, living like living life and serving alongside leaders uh just effective, good leaders. Well, like just the, the impact that that can have long-term, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, some of these things that we, that we kind of hit on, we will definitely sort of, uh, expand on as we kind of move into other topics and other episodes. And, uh, but the hope there was that that'll kind of like set the table and let you know kind of where we've been coming from and sort of the lens that we're operating from and stuff like that. Um, and, it's, you know, no doubt that we're kind of living in an interesting season right now with, uh, you know, the COVID stuff that's going on in our next episode. Uh, Hold on. Can I just pause? I love absolutely. that people say the COVID. The COVID? I don't know. <laughs> you just said it in my small group the other day. Some a friend of mine said, and I think she got the COVID. She got the COVID. <laughs> the COVID. And I'm like, wow, we went from coronavirus to COVID-19 and now we're just calling it the COVID. The COVID. It feels very appropriate. I mean, it is something to be respected. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, it feels like it's now become the sir or a mister. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, we're, we're living in sort of an interesting season. And it's I think that's caused a lot of reflection and processing uh, between us mm-hmm. and us as individuals with God and just sort of like what what is next? What is coming next? Uh, what does new normal look like? All that. And so in our next episode, we're going to unpack that process a lot and kind of talk through some of those things. So we're super excited to do that. But in this episode, uh, we just want to kind of give you guys a little bit of a, a snapshot. And so we're getting a little bit towards the end of our time. But before we get there, I think it would be kind of fun for just uh, for us to kind of talk about a, uh, just a few things maybe that uh, would be interesting for people to know about us. I have to say that people don't know, I guess Rob is not putting me on the spot here. He did put on our outline that I am to say things <laughs> that people may not know. So I've known this for a while and I didn't think about it. <laughs> no idea. I feel like I have to think a little bit harder about what people might not know about me. Do I need to go first? Yeah, go first. For me, uh, one thing that a lot of people don't know is that I am a big fan of musicals. Like musical, that, yeah, that's true. Movies, I've never been to like a Broadway musical or something like that. I would love to do that. Mm-hmm. But if there's a musical on, I am a big fan and I'm ready. I am ready to get down. Okay, that is very true. On a musical, <laughs> yes, that is very true, Rob. Um, I mean, anybody likes a good musical, but Rob like loves any musical, even if it's not a good musical. <laughs> How about that? A la the mistletones. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> Rob loves a good musical. Um, let's see. Uh, man. Do I need to go for number is, two? Oh, sure. <laughs> now I feel like mine better be good. Like when I finally have something, oh it's got to be like. 
like real good. I'm going to have to come up with some ones for you. Yeah, I know. Uh, the second thing is that, and I don't even know if you know this or you realize this. Well, okay. I know. Okay. You realize that. Oh I'm, man. It's so obscure. His wife of 14 years doesn't even know. Well, you know that I'm super particular about the way the dishwasher's loaded. Oh, sure. Yes. I actually, last night I got checked. Like I did the <laughs> dishwasher. I like loaded the dishwasher and I forgot to put soap. Maybe that's why he's particular. I forgot to put soap in there. And so he opened it to check if I put soap and then I saw him like peeking, like seeing how things were. And then finally, yeah, inspecting, (laughs) that's it. So finally he just opens it all the way, pulls out the racks and like really inspects and starts moving things around. So yes, I got checked and then reorganized. All I'm saying is that when you, when you're putting multiple bowls into a dishwasher, you don't nest them in each other. Then they don't get clean. Listen, they they were snack bowls. They just need a pretend wash. They just need a little squirt. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm particular about the way the dishwasher is loaded, but have you noticed that I like to organize the dirty dishes? Yes. So like, I, will... I don't I don't know the rhythm there, so I just kind of throw them in. But I do know, and I have noticed that yes, there's order. I just don't know the rules. I will come to the sink, and it will be chaotic. There sure. will be just bowls stacked dishes. on cups. Absolutely. I, I I will get I will get certain cups. I will put all the silverware into a cup. Yes. I will stack the bowls well. He just to, I just like it organized, even when they're dirty. That I like to organize true. my dirty dishes. <laughs> that is 100% very, very true. So I feel like people are just getting to know me now. Yeah. I mean, I mean you went in real deep with that vulnerability. one. Vulnerability. That is that is a layer deeper than we have been. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, we talked about infertility, but these dirty dishes, that is a story. Um, tell us about your... Tell us about your dreams and your plans and your schemes. Oh my! As you always say to me, <laughs> I do say that. Okay, there you go. That's something that people may not know. Um, I am a low key rapper. A oh rhymer. dang! That's okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it is true. It is true that I'm I'm a rock star at stringing words together and making raps whenever I want. Now, see what what the entertainer in me wants to put you on the spot and make you freestyle. But as your husband, I respect you. I'm not yeah, going to do that Yeah, he's like, listen, I like my bed. I like it. And so I just want to sleep there tonight. So I'm just going to take your word for it that you're you're an awesome rapper. Maybe, maybe sure. someday it'll, it'll come out, but I've got to feel real comfortable. And it does oftentimes come with dance moves mm. and sometimes the robot. Yeah. So That's I do true. that. Um, something that people will know about me, but maybe not you who is listening. <laughs> this is not going to be a surprise to almost anybody who has spent longer than five minutes with me. Um, I kind of, like my low-key dream is to be an Enneagram coach. I oh, love yeah, yeah. Yeah, Enneagram. Yeah. And the thing is, I'm not sure exactly what Enneagram coaches do. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, I, but, I, <laughs> but I feel a strong connection with that role. Like, what do you do? Like, do I know what I'm doing here? Do I know what I'm selling? No, but no, I'm here. I'm going to give it my I'm best gonna shot. I'm going to give it my best shot. <laughs> like, that's how I feel about it. Because if you think about it, like, are they coaching executives on, like, how to lead their team and understand the Enneagram? Maybe. I like that. Are they leading like just people in life, like you listening? Like, hey, let me just tell you how to be a better you in reference to understanding the your road strongholds. Back to you. Oh my gosh, that's definitely what it is. <laughs> oh, I do know. <laughs> I do know what the Enneagram Oh my gosh. But okay, I want to be that someday. That's awesome. That's so good. Um, all right. Well, okay. So we're getting we're getting to the end of our time here. So so speaking of the Enneagram, when we talk about episodes that are coming up, things we want to talk about. We want we're in the next episode, we're definitely gonna talk about this season that we're in. And so we're, let's talk about the Rona. Yes, yeah, some of the the process and just unpacking some of the 
um, just some of the things that we're feeling, some of the things maybe you as a listener are feeling out there. There's a lot of people with a lot of different opinions about how this thing has been and how it will go. And what does that mean for us as, you know, parents and as spouses and as, you know, people in the church or people in the workplace, all of that kind of stuff. And so we're going to unpack some of that stuff that we've been processing. We're definitely at some point going to talk about the Enneagram because we're fans and it's fun and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And so uh, once again, we're just so glad that you guys are joining us on this journey and really engaging as a community. We want to engage with you guys and hear your thoughts and help that sort of form some of the conversation. One of the ways that you can do that definitely is checking us out on Instagram. So Andy, where can they find you on Instagram? It's full. It's my full name. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's... it's, It's Andy, Andy I, K. Lambert. So at Andy K. Lambert. I love that you added the at. Like that's such a grandpa thing to do. But it's Is that fine. Not, do, the, do the kids not do that? You don't have to add at when don't, you, you don't search. Say at? So you could just search my name. Um, do they add? But if you want to be very formal, please add the at. Can they add you on, on the TikTok? Add that. <laughs> add all that nonsense. And then I'm also on Instagram at... Rob Lambert Jr. I'm telling you, we make it real easy. That's right. Full names. And like Rob said, our goal for this podcast is to have conversations around the things in our life that make up the big parts of our day, marriage, parenting, leading our community, friendships. All of these things are what is working together to teach us how to love and lead well. And so we're excited about having those conversations with you. We're excited about pulling in our own experience and the people who we have learned and grown from. And something to know, we are on this journey towards becoming more like Jesus and knowing ourselves more and what that means for our place in the world. But we are not experts. And so um, that's why we say starting a community of people who are willing to have these conversations and sharpen each other and love each other well and support us through the process of understanding how to be our best self in a world that needs it. That's like... You couldn't say any better. That's so perfect. Excellent. (laughs) I love it. So uh, guys, once again, thank you so much for joining us uh, sort of on this introductory first episode. Make sure you come back and join us next week. Uh, If you uh, like the podcast, make sure you subscribe, leave us a review. It's super helpful. Tell a friend about the show. That's a great tangible way to kind of spread the word. And like we said, uh, keep the conversation going. And so come check us out on social media. We love to to meet you and get to know you better. And uh, hey, until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Andy. Yep. And we're so glad that you joined us. Have a great day. Thank you.